average of 10 hours a day on screen time while we only have an average of less than 10 minutes a day in prayer and we spend 93% of our life indoors yep so how's your soul doing these days in the heart of a champion. welcome back to the code of man podcast and yes we're going to be talking about the soul today lately we have been talking some pretty heavy themes. I opened a little teaser comment there with uh, the 10 hours a day of screen time is the average. And we were learning that together. Don't say anything. I haven't introduced you yet. And You know who you are. I was research just quick research, and you know how this can be. But, I mean, if you look at how, many, how, many, how much time does the average Christian spend in prayer every day, you're going to get anything from one minute to nine minutes. So if... We spend an average of 10 hours a day on screen time and only average less than 10 minutes a day in prayer. And as I said, if we are, and we've talked about this before, we spend 93% of our life indoors. That's including the time inside an automobile. And then we're working 60 hours a week, but how much time we spend in any type of church fellowship activity is more along the lines of two to three hours a week, depending on who you are. So it brings me back to the question, how is our soul doing? And we've been talking about these heavy themes, as I said, but on top of the heavy themes we've discussed, we're hit with global crisis all the time. Even if we try to distance ourselves from it, people are always bringing it to us. Have you heard? Did you hear? Did you see this? So it seemed like it might be good. We're going into summertime. Uh, to just talk about soul care for a little bit. In fact, speaking of our series on things killing the church, uh, this was interesting. I went back and found a couple of Wild at Heart podcasts, and they were on the same topic. And uh, John Eldridge and, at the time, Craig McConnell were discussing two things that they said were killing. There's two different episodes, but two things that were killing the church. Now, what do you guess they were talking about way back in 2008? 2008 had to be politics had to have something to do with the election well really well just to tie it into ours maybe the christian celebrity yeah gee whiz what's with this guy we (laughs) we can't ask for the opinion over here because we have still yet Uh, we haven't introduced him yet yeah so you just pipe down over there the secret (laughs) is being secretly kept i'll just give a hint and say he's the mission Uh, True. For our super listeners, they'll know who that is. But anyway, back to the question. The two things they talked about were lack of intimacy with God and lack of spiritual warfare. And I tell you, those are two very applicable things today. Lack of spiritual warfare or lack of awareness of the spiritual warfare? Lack of spiritual warfare. Extrapolate on that. People are not engaging in spiritual warfare. Okay. There's an ignorance of it. There is a lack of engaging in it. We were talking about more specific issues. They're talking about more generic and yet very 
critical issues. But I've, I just thought that was interesting looking at that. So that's what we're going to tackle today. What are we doing to nourish our soul during these times? But first, let's introduce, you've already heard from uh, old Easy Target and Roland Napoleon. They are here today. That's us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hey. And... <laughs> And we have a special guest with us this week, and he's back for the second time, first time this season, none other than Cody Private Ryan Carden. Hey. Welcome. Good first, to have you with us. First ever guest, Good to be right? Here. Isn't he the first ever guest? I've been here before. No, what, not the, what do you mean first ever guest? We just had a guest on the last two episodes. No, so was, was Cody the first guest on the Code podcast oh. other than Overtrek and Easy Target? Was he the first one of well, not us? If, not if Napoleon was here that day. No, no, no. He, he was before me. Oh, I think he might have been the That's first person. That's what John person. said about Jesus. You're in good company, Cody. <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> well, there you go. Our first ever guest that we know of without Somebody going into the archives. the archives. The archives? <laughs> yeah, the archives. <laughs> that's what you put on a baked potato. No, that's just chives. <laughs> I believe it's Chive. archives. That's just chives. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Cody, good to have you with us today. Cody is entering his sophomore year of college at Ambassador Bible. <laughs> yeah, he's a Bible. He's a Bible. It's an imbibing college. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Let me start that over. It's a good Co- thing Cody. we're popular in Jamaica, not Ireland. <laughs> we're recording in at nighttime. Yes. So yes, Cody's entering his sophomore year at Ambassador Baptist College. So Cody, how is college life? Well, it's completely different than being at home. That's for sure. <laughs> That's good. It's busy, busy, busy all the time. It's super fundo, hermano. <laughs> busy, busy, busy. <laughs> messy, 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 messy. Well, I suppose we'll uh, have to uh, dig into that a little bit more uh, if we can get these guys. And you said you didn't want to make this a funny episode. Well, I mean, I, I've lost control Mr. of the entire Bibus. studio here. Everything's falling apart rapidly. All right, let's start with a question. Let's bring this thing back to the the subject at hand with a question. I'm asking you guys right now, how would you rate your soul today, right now, as we're recording? Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being absolutely fantastic, 1 being I'm barely hanging on. How would you rate your soul right now? I think I'm a firm 6 because... I think I'm at the point where I have acknowledged some areas that that definitely need improving, but I, I don't feel that I'm in like a free fall spiral. Like I, I feel that I feel that I'm in a good place where I'm at right now. I'm excited about some things that are taking place, but I'm I'm still aware that you know that it could be better. I, I could I could tighten this up. But I think maybe looking back to where I was this time last year or two years ago, there's no doubt about it that. You know, my soul is in a much, much, much better place, you know, than where I was. So I feel like I'm in a good place now, got some room to improvement, but has definitely been a lot worse. I would say 1 to 10. Um, right now, middle of the week. <laughs> That's important. That's a qualifier right <laughs> that there. That is a qualifier. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Well, actually, it's Thursday. It's Wednesday. Well, it's Wednesday, but when folks are listening, it'll be Thursday. Or will it? <laughs> Right? Am I right? Does time really exist? I mean, let's be honest. I don't know, man. I would say, I would say about right now, like I'm sitting at a four or five, just middle of the work week. 
you you hit it earlier. Spiritual warfare, coming to our undisclosed location, coming to church, just kind of that that kind of in the, the heat pressure. of the battle. Yeah, a lot of yeah, pressure. Yeah, middle of the week pressure. Middle of the week. That's a that's a good so, way to explain it. One thing that I'm hearing here is there's there's fluidness to this range of where we are, which is important to this discussion because we're talking about how do you nourish your soul, how do you sustain it, how do you keep it strong, mm-hmm. okay? And there are external pressures and there are internal issues that all affect that. What about you there, Ryan? I would give myself a solid five. Like he said, a solid six. I would say a solid five just because I know that I'm still in this big transitional period of life, I guess you could say. Just, okay, I've been at college for a year. It still feels like I just graduated high school, you know, but you're starting to get into it. You're starting to to progress. And since COVID happened and everything right in my senior year of high school, everything just kind of shut down and life gave me just a jump start. You know what I mean? I feel like there has been a lot of spiritual oppression just because of the fact that I have come home from college just for the summer. And with my college life being scheduled, busy, 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 and coming home, I, I, I have nothing to come home to as far as work or uh, classes or anything like that. So I have a lot more free time on my hands. So it's just kind of adjusting to two different lives, I guess you could say, but with one spiritual life. I think that's a very important qualifier to list also because when there is that sudden change of a regimented life like that and you kind of get in the habit and the pattern, which can be good, that could also be yeah. a rut depending on what that ha- those habits and patterns are. But just the disruption of life because you mentioned not only the big disruption of COVID but then coming home from college. See, if I would have guessed, I would have said being home from college just bumped your soul up to an 8 or 9 but then I wouldn't have thought about it until you explained it that way. Yeah. You know, there's a reason behind that. So, again, we've identified that there's fluctuation. Where would you rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10? Mm. You know, today's a really good day. I feel like that I am somewhere up on the uh, – You know, I, I, the first thing I was going to say was 8. Yeah. It could be an 8.5. But I, but I can tell you, I mean, I can honestly say, and you know this, E.T. knows this better than anybody in this room would, but I've been through a couple of weeks of the, the late spring where I'm, I was not there. I mean, I was down in the lower half of the scale. And, and not like, and I think you guys understand this, it's not like when you get in the lower half of the scale that you're necessarily in depression and overwhelmed just chaos but just not feeling super strong Mm -hmm. so when i presented this topic to you guys the other day both of you sort of hesitated a little bit yes like i i don't know that i like the sound of that topic but i'm gonna have to think about that one what were your first thoughts on this idea of let's talk about how how to nourish the soul how are you nourishing your soul in these days what were your first thoughts and then how did you come to understand the topic and, and kind of form your answers my first thought was panic. And by panic, not so much that, you know, like, oh, man, how do I answer this? But more like, okay, this is a serious topic, and this is definitely needful, but I don't know how to put this into words. I don't I don't know how to explain this, you know. I mean, I don't have, like, a three-step process of, you know, these revolutionary, life-changing type things that have been put into practice. And so it was sort of like, a man, we're going to come together on this podcast, and 
I'm not going to have anything substantial to offer because, like, I feel that I'm in a really good place right now. But if you were asked me to quantify that at the time, I wasn't ready for it. And then, you know, the more that I began thinking about it, I sort of came to an understanding and a realization that there's not a, there's not a big revolutionizing thing. It is the small things. It's the simple things, and it's the little tweaks and the little appreciations that are what nourishes the soul and what keeps you uh, in the right place and, and, and edifies the heart and things like that. So what what immediately started off with, man, how do I answer that question, kind of transitioned into, man, this is, this is good for me to think through these things, and I'm excited to be able to kind of talk through them with you fellas. I would say initially for me it was – I don't say negative, but I, there was some there was some stress there as to where well some I guess added stress in a way because it is a pretty hectic week and pretty stressful with just life in general. But then just even right now, just thinking about that, so was the individual probably listening to this. You know, you can't lie to yourself when you get stressed and you're in that spiritual warfare. You can't lie to yourself and and isolate and put yourself on this island because that's what Satan tries to do. He isolates you. You're the only one feeling this way, things like that. So hearing that topic is, is a good thing because when you're in the heat of the spiritual battle and you're in the heat of the work week and all this stress, you want to share your heart and let folks know, here's what's helping me and encouraging me. So for you, it was more of a... Not that the topic itself was the the thing you weren't sure about, but just the idea of coming in and talking about it right now during everything you got going on. Sure, absolutely. Okay. What a blessing that is that God dropped that on your dropped that on your uh, plate. 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 We'll call it your plate. I'm struggling with words and euphemisms tonight, so we'll hmm. go with plate. Yeah. God dropped that on your plate to to put that there. Hey, I need to think about this, and I think what you said is important. And it's actually one of the answers, probably, of how we nourish our soul. It's by sharing our soul yep. with others. What about you, old, uh, old Private Ryan? I, I dropped this on you even l- really last minute because we just corralled you today yeah, to come in and be with us. A couple hours ago. My initial thought was it had did have a little nervousness in there, but I, I agree with Easy Target over there. It's not something a lot of people can put into words and just immediately – say, okay, this is how I nourish my soul, they have to actually stop and think about it because it's not it's not the person looking at themselves in third person saying, okay, well, this is where my little character, you know, he goes to work, he goes to school, he gets his, his soul nourishment here, he gets his food here, all of that, but it's actually living it and you have to ponder over the fact, okay, is this actually nourishing my soul? And that's where you have to weed out all the different things in your life and change your attitude, say, okay, I get to go to work today instead of saying I have to go to work today or I get to go to class. I get to learn more about God's word. I get to do my devotion time in the morning or in the evening or pray every minute, every hour, every second, just softly in your heart. And that is what helps me nourish my soul just throughout the day so So it's about being intentional you got to be intentional in in looking for what's nourishing you because one of the what i think what happens when you pop this question to someone or pose this question to someone the mind because the mind wants to go to the easy answers yes and the person living in the shallows can go to the easy answers and feel like yep nailed that one of course it's prayer and bible reading going to church you know and witnessing and witnessing you know, that's what nourishes the soul. 
Well, it's not that those things don't nourish the soul, but those things don't necessarily nourish the soul either. And I think if you're going to mention those things, you've got to dig into how is that nourishing your soul. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to use that as our list of, of things to talk about. We're going to share our own personal answers as we've thought about this. I think we could summarize it this way. The greatest need we have is for more of God in our life. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing that nourishes the soul more than having more of God. And so I think we should be doing the daily things that bring us more of God. And it is, these are daily things because nourishing your soul, sometimes it's going to be surprises. Let me give you an example. I was standing at my kitchen table or kitchen window yesterday morning and look out the window and I see a a, a buck. You know, he's just barely got the... Uh, antlers? Yeah, well, they're not full-blown antlers yet. Spikes? He's, spikes, thank you. Thanks, Look Cody. That's why we brought Cody in. What a guy. That's Private Ryan. Let me start over. So sure. I, I look out the window. I see this buck, little spike buck standing out there. And I just looked at it. And because I was in this frame of mind, I think, I, I just stopped and I said, Lord, thank you for that gift. What a blessing to see that this morning. And I no sooner had made that prayer than a second deer walked out of the wood line, followed by a third deer. And I just watched all three of them just kind of make their way across the backyard and then drift off into the other tree line. And, you know, that, that's just, that was soul nourishment in a surprise way. Something that simple that brought my heart back to God and let me realize and see God in creation. So surprising things, but then there are those daily intentional things that we do. Now, I wrote this down. I want to I bounce this off of you before we go into our list. I think that whatever we come up with that's soul-nourishing, I think it needs to fit into at least these four categories, okay? Let me give you these things. I think they need. I think whatever the, the thing we do is that nourishes our soul, it has to be simple. And by that, I mean it should be something that is reachable and sustainable in our life. What really nourishes us is going to be things that, not the big things, as you said there, E.T., not the wow things, those things may happen, but they're very rare compared to this, the daily things. So I think simple is important. I think, secondly, solitude is involved in it. By solitude, I mean that opportunity to withdraw from everything else to be able to experience God. Henry Nouwen said, Solitude is the place of the great struggle and the great encounter, the struggle against the compulsions of the false self, and the encounter with the loving God who offers himself as the substance of the new self. The place of solitude is the place of the great struggle with the old, the false self, and the encounter with God who is the substance of the new self. So I need that for this to work. I think that these practices need to be strengthening. And that sounds like it goes without saying, but these are things that should make my soul strong, not drain me. Have you ever gone to church? and left and felt like that was draining. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So that might not make the list. That or At least that, that particular service, that particular time, might have not made the list. And then the fourth thing I wrote down was separation. I think that these things feed into separation. And what I mean by that is true separation. Separation from the world. Separation from the images. Separation from the messages. All the noise. All the ideas and the attitudes of the world. You know, we're, to, we're called to be separate. Come out from among them and be ye separate. I think I've got 
I've got three things on my list, and I I feel pretty confident that they they fit in there. Because I mean, you're right. Everything everything that's going to nourish our soul has to be taking care of us individually, separately, in our solitude, and should provide strengthening. I think you're right on with your. Well, let's do this. Let's let's go to our list. All right. So we're going to do this. We're just going to do this round robin style. So we'll just take turns sharing the things that are helping us. Round robin style, and I just want to make the point that we want to do this for the listener that you know you can glean some ideas and uh, make you think. But we haven't, just so everybody knows, we haven't shared our list. We haven't looked at each other's list. So we're going to go around the horn and see what we got. All right? All right. So what have you been doing to nourish your soul over the last couple of months? Let's start with Easy Target over there. I've just been changing the way that I read Scripture, and specifically in the life of Jesus. Like, I love the Old Testament. I love character stories. I love being able to, to kind of read, you know, the accounts of Abraham and Moses and some of these men and, and try to put myself like, okay, what was going on in the in the context of time there? But for some reason, whenever it got to the life of Jesus and his interaction with his disciples, like I always felt sacrilegious trying to do that. Like, you know, I, I can't put myself in Jesus' shoes right here. I can't try to understand what he's thinking. He's You know, I, I am unworthy to try to, you know, relate with the Holy One. And, and and I'm realizing now that so much of Jesus's life was the blueprint of what I'm needing to do, how I'm needing to live. So I ought to read that and and you know try to glean the same way that I would from these other. And and that's that has been refreshing because it is it has opened up a side of my relationship with Jesus. It has deepened it. It has helped me to get some perspective in some of these trials. And so just just that simple change in. More than just reading it of facts and accounts, but understanding that there's some real life substance there. I would say my first one would be to to know your enemy. And the one reason that's nourishing to the soul is because you're recognizing that this is an attack on your soul. And you know who your enemy is. And you said it earlier about the spiritual warfare. One of the worst things about spiritual warfare is to realize the person in the trenches with you doesn't even know they're in a battle that's that's scary but what's even worse is when you're in a battle and you don't realize it you're blaming yourself you know i'm bad i'm uniquely bad i'm without hope or you're you got an alibi and you're blaming everybody else but then you realize wait a minute okay i've not crucified my flesh yet i have not resisted satan after yielding to god i've not you know james 4 7 i've not done any of this yet and here I am in the middle of my day. I got all this stuff going on. I need to stop and recognize I have not called out who my enemy really is, and it's hurting my soul. So that's one way that I really take care of my soul, put on the armor of God, know I'm in a battle, and recognize that the enemy is attacking me. That's a great perspective of saying I'm going to defend my soul because if I'm not defending it, then I cannot build strength. Correct. I like it. What about you? I think I touched on my first thing that I would say just a little bit ago. Uh, mostly focusing on praying without ceasing, just coming into cap or bringing into captivity all of my thoughts to the Lord throughout the day. But also um, being at a Bible college, you know, sometimes it can get hard, or Satan can attack you just by saying, "Okay, well, get your Bible out, it's your textbook for today," or just going through all your classes, you know, I, I was in a program where all of my classes were Bible classes. So 
it got easy for to to let Satan into my mind to say, okay, well, let me just read my my reading for this class today, instead of actually looking at it as the holy word of God. But I think uh, back to the praying without ceasing part. I think that. Well, there was actually a guest preacher that came to the school a while back, and he gave this really amazing illustration that helped me a lot, and it was a triangle. And it said that thoughts provoke emotions, and emotions provoke behavior, and behavior provokes thoughts. And it just goes back back around and back around. So, But it all comes back to your mind and your thoughts. That's where it begins. That's connected to your heart as well. Whatever you put in your mind and heart is what's going to come back out. So... I think the first thing for me would be to pray without ceasing and constantly let the Lord in my heart and let him speak to me throughout the day so that I can have that behavior of witnessing and just being a good Christian. But not only that, just walking with God throughout the day. It's not unrelated to the spiritual warfare aspect as well. So the the first thing that made my list, and I don't know that I got these in a particular order, and you may feel the same way about yours, but just the first thing that I put down was to practice slow. Practice slow. By that I mean to deliberately slow down. Because pace of life is such a killer right now, and how we observe that, that slowdown last year where everything got really laid back and you remember how uncomfortable that was at first like this is not natural and then it became really good it it became oh this is the way it's supposed to be this is the way we're supposed to live but then I've noticed in the last few months already the pace is back up and it's not because we necessarily seek it it's because the world around us is just ratcheting and they're not only trying to get back they're trying to make up for lost time and they try to suck us into it so practicing just Practicing slowness in my day, not getting in a hurry. It's hard, but try to slow down. Yep. Got another one, E.T.? Sure do. I've been working on limiting the amount of bad news that I'm exposed to. So I've really made it a concentrated effort for a while now to, to pull back on social media. And, and I, that started off as just because it was a time killer, and I was noticing I was wasting so much time just mindlessly absorbing information. But then it deepened to where I, I started realizing – I wasn't getting brought into everybody's problems because so much of social media had turned into just everybody airing their grievances. And so what I found was I was just bombarded and I found myself very calloused when somebody would come up to me with like a legitimate burden or a legitimate problem. I started feeling I was just more like, hey, you know, join the crowd. We all got problems, everything. Now that I've I've limited that, you know, I'm not engaged so heavily in you know, the news cycle and everything that's going on evil all around the world. Now when somebody that I care about comes up to me and presents a burden or presents something they care about, I have a greater capacity to sympathize with that, to be mindful, to engage with them in prayer over that. Hey, I care about this person. I legitimately care about their need. And so I'm able to be more empathetic to that. That is very good. And back to your first point, very Christ-like. Because one of the things Jesus did to take care of his soul was leave. You know, just leave. Get out of town. Mm-hmm. Get to the mountain. Let, let the, leave the crowd behind. And, uh, and then look at how much he focused on the individual when he did have those encounters. I like that. I'm taking notes on this. Right here. Hmm. Got something else for us, Roland? I, sh- I sure do. Uh, take action. So take action meaning worship. Pray, meditate, 
there's a fine line. I'm all for the solitude and the separation and the stillness. Those are all very important. But there's a fine line between that and just, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of lingering. Just kind of kind of going back to your point, the social media, getting on your phone and getting on the old hamster wheel. and Just you're, you're watching TV and you're just flipping through channels. Or you're just sitting there and you're... You're not, you're not doing anything. You're just wasting your time. You're groggy, whatever it may be. But take action, meaning take care of your soul. Even if you don't feel like it, worship. When you wake up, first thing you do, go straight to your meditation. Make your soul a top priority by putting God first. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of agreement here between the all of us in here uh, through with our, all of our different points that we have, but... I think my second one would go along with Napoleon's first point there with recognizing your enemy. And that comes a lot with my first point with your thoughts and bringing that into captivity, but also what I said earlier about looking at yourself in third person and recognizing that you're in the battle instead of just letting things come and be like, well, why is, why is God letting this happen in my life right now? But actually seeing that, okay, this is Satan attacking me. This is an actual attack. This is a battle that I need to fight and I need to get in the Word and just spend time with God and walk with God so that I am prepared for it. And a lot of times you see people aren't prepared, and I find myself unprepared a lot just because of my neglect of that. Walking with God throughout the days and weeks will prepare us for that, and that's what that's what He told us. That's what He promised us. A lot of defensive preparation going over there, but then the offensive of, okay, all right, I got to do some things to be well, to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I put this one down. For me, something that's really been important and that I've been doing the last couple of, at least the last month or so, is just a return to more intentional reading. And by that, I I mean other than the you know whatever topic that I'm needing to read research on, or other than just spiritual reading, uh, turning going back to reading some fiction. And reading, I pulled off of my shelf the other day a Civil War um, history book. On mm. It's called Covered with Glory. It's about the 26th North Carolina Regiment at the Battle of Gettysburg. It's a fantastic book. I haven't read it in years. I've only read it one time. I've had it on my shelf. And just pulling that back out and reading. And I think it's got something to do with, with my, the first thing I said. It, it causes the slowdown. You've got to slow down to do this. You've got to find a place to stop and not engage with anything else and just read and just let your soul be saturated by the facts and what you're seeing in the, those people's lives and what they experienced and, and, and all those connections that it brings to what you're learning and going through. And so just return to intentional reading has been a real soul-nourishing thing for me. I don't know if I don't know if number three is is as big of a deal for me because of one and two or in what order they all impact. But for my third one has been the one that has been the most rewarding, and it's just been finding the joy in the simple yet greatest blessings from God. And what I've really been trying to more intentionally do is relish my children. I I have I have been brought so many times, especially in the last few months to thankfulness to God because of something that my children are doing. So seeing my children being outside and something that they find funny or their laughter or their genuine excitement about the most menial of tasks, yet the way that their face lights up to be able to enjoy it, it feels like more in the last few months than probably at any point in time 
in their childhood, I'm having more of an appreciation of, Lord, thank you for my children. Thank you for blessing me with them. Thank you for our family and the love that we have for my wife, for for this home unit that you have blessed me with, you have entrusted me with these children. I understand that I have a great responsibility to you know, to, to help to form them and nourish them. And I think equal parts of, of, you know, the enjoyment of them and then also being reminded of the, of the very serious role that I play has helped to combat some of the feelings maybe of inadequacy or purposelessness or things like that because it's like, no, this is my focus. This is what God has given me and it's for me to enjoy. It's for me to find satisfaction. It's for me to to carry on the same love that God has put in me and to, to execute this through them. And that's been that's been very refreshing to the soul. Yeah, I would say number three for me would definitely be a friendship, a fellowship, a, a band of brothers as we would call it. And it's you you need more than just a fantasy football buddy. Somebody that who's on your fantasy football league. There's or, nobody uh, that watch you spike the ball. Right, right. Uh, or uh, somebody you see at church two, two to three times a week or a buddy that you get together with and watch sports. I think you see where I'm going with this. You need a good, we all need good Christian men in our lives who can strengthen us and help us, hold us accountable, even confess things too. I mean, that's biblical, that's scriptural. Yeah. We need that in life and, and seeking that counsel and that iron sharpening iron. That's, that's definitely on top of the list for me. So, Cody from college, did you have anything else? <laughs> um, I think I could build on what I said earlier. Let me explain a little bit about my schedule. My So, my schedule consists of, okay, I'll wake up about 5.45 a.m. to 6 a.m., and I'll, you know, get re- start getting ready and stuff, and I'll try and spend a little time uh, just in the closet with the Lord, just praying just over the day. Lord, help me today. Just read my Bible a little bit before I go to my classes. My classes start at 7 o'clock, and they'll run all the way until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And right at 1 o'clock, I eat lunch really fast, go change for work, and go right to work, be at work at 2 o'clock, and I'll work from 2 o'clock to 11 p.m. And after 11, I'll come back, I'll take a shower, get all cleaned up, freshened up, ready for bed, and I'll do my homework until... Well, it depends on the, the week, but some weeks I was up till 1, 2 in the morning just every night doing homework, trying to get my assignments done. But I know the Lord's provided me with the job in order to pay the school bill so that I can get it done. So he's helped me through the the whole rest of the semester that I had. With that insane schedule that I had, I think that the little moments, just finding the one-minute pause, if you will, to just let it loose and just let it breathe because i mean there were days that i would wake up and feel like i couldn't breathe until i laid my head down to go to sleep at night but it's not only from the stress but also the spiritual oppression of satan making me feel like you can never stop you know you just have to keep going there's a reality to actually stopping and letting your soul breathe sometimes it was just opening my bible in the closet of my own choice not just because i had an assignment just randomly, uh, I would feel the urge, okay, maybe I should just stop for a minute and just go read my Bible somewhere else. And separating yourself from the situation that would make you want to just keep running yourself on the ground, trying to do everything you can 
to pay the bills, get the assignments done. But I think that just spending time with the Lord in the little one-minute pauses, also doing nothing, can help tremendously. It's helped me a ton, I know. I had one more thing I put on my list, and that was the big word outdoors. Just getting outdoors. And, you know, that is going – what's the the irony of this is it's going to get harder with summer coming on in – in our region because the outdoors are not as pleasant during the summertime. They're terrible. They're terrible. But uh, this will be week 13 of my series of camping out, sleeping out under the stars at least one night a week. I am in week 13 now, so I don't know the total accumulation of days yet this year because sometimes it's been two days or three days in a week. Most of the time just one night just to get a, a night, and I found that you know, I don't have to go off anywhere. I've been using the, the wood line at the house. Uh, the last last week, I just stretched the hammock between two trees in the backyard and just spent the night out there. And one of the, the things about that, there's so many things for me, and I know that won't work for everybody, just like some of the things we've mentioned aren't going to be for everybody. But why that works for me is everything from sitting by a small campfire with, you know, especially a clear night with the stars, is just it just opens up your soul. You're talking about having room there, Cody, to just pause and let and breathe and, and and let go of those things, and that just invites you to let go. And then I can't tell you how much I enjoy waking up in the mornings outdoors with the birds. Hmm. It is it is absolutely amazing. It's fantastic, and I think it's one of those things. You know, I asked a question tonight earlier in our gathering here. I asked the question of if you if you could believe that your heart was the treasure of God's kingdom, how would you live differently? And and I asked the question, but I had not made a note myself of an answer. So while others were answering, I wrote, pulled out, made a note of myself. And the first thing I thought of and wrote down is I would get out in the wild more. Hmm. Because we convince ourselves that there's things we can't do. We've got too much to do. We've got to be too many places and our soul is sometimes drying up and dying because we're not living from the heart like we should. So those are some practices. I think between the four of us, we uh, got a pretty good list going there. I think we have uh, we've covered it as best we can in the time allotted for us. And I would like to say that it's good to have you with us today, Cody. You'll be shipping off to college again in, oh, a few weeks. I don't know when. And maybe we'll get you back in before you go. Yeah. You can tell us the rest of what you know. The rest of the story, yeah, as they say. So until next time, this is Mike Overtrek Barnett saying Hmm. happy trails to you. And this is Dr. Dean Roland Napoleon, and you are welcome. This is Ryan signing off. And this is Corey Easy Target Cantrell saying thanks for joining us. See you next week.
the heart of a champion.